Are there any Jets you should put in your lineup in week three? Is a hot waiver wire pickup in the NFC South already droppable? And we bring you a huge announcement regarding the future of this show. Plus, the week two leader in the Football Guys Players Championship, Michael Thomas, drops in to talk about why he likes Melvin Gordon this season, what to do with George Kittle, and more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Let's begin now. New cologne on. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Thanks so much, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all of you Balkaholics, Anger, Zach, and Addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to talk with uh, 2020 Football Guys Players Championship Week 2 leader Michael Thomas about Julio Jones's role in Atlanta, what to expect from Devontae Freeman in New York and much more. Plus, an extra special guest joins us later in the program for a big change going forward on the show. Shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you might have in there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, please feel free to do so at HSFFHour, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak this evening. You can post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash HSFFHour. If you want to chime in and talk with us, please do. Give us a call, 347 347- 426-3682, that's 347-GAME-OVA. You can also email the show at the inbox, highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you do have any questions for us, now is the last time to send them. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions, all the tweets to the show, all the emails, and fantasy feedbacks uh, coming up later on in the show. And uh, bear in mind, we want to give a shout-out to our producer and mutual friend Rob, our audio engineer, and my best friend Bryce, who I don't, Dave. I'm not sure if we talked about this last week. What? A lot of people met Bryce in in Las Vegas. Yeah. This, and uh, they, they they. Here's what I heard. The overarching theme was, "Oh, you're Bryce. Yeah. Oh, you're Balky's best friend. <laughs> no, I'm not Balky's best friend." And he he got very annoyed. Yeah. Very very annoyed Bryce about that. Bryce had a great time. That's what I heard. That yeah. that. Uh, it was, I, I think everybody had a good time, right? Yeah, I had fun. It was super. It was super. It was really. Yeah, cool. awesome stuff. Um, excited for um, already looking forward to 2021 and the live events out in Las Vegas. Going to be fun. Um, Tupacker wants to know how Mawalde Moore is doing. Mawalde Moore drafting live this year with the FFPC. That's right. uh, the uh, longtime Vikings and Steelers running back. That's right. Seemingly well. I didn't uh, have a chance to chat with him. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't even know if you know the answer to this. You know, Hall of Fame NBA pro basketball coach Doug Moe usually drafts in the FFPC out in Vegas. Was he there this year or no? I believe his sons were there, and he didn't make it. Oh, okay. All right. I, I understand how it goes. Unfortunately, I had, to, I, had to, I had to move one of the Moe's over to another table, so I, I felt bad because he was on the phone, and then I had to get him up and hit you know, his six-foot-seven statue. Yeah, they're all you know? tall. Yeah. They're all very tall. Very and tall I, individuals. Very, very nice gentleman. I you know, said, oh, please uh, just scoot over here into this yeah. five spot. And thank they're you very, very nice, too. <laughs> they're, they're very cordial, very nice, very tall. Um, so good stuff there. Well, I'm glad everybody had a good time out in uh, in Las Vegas yeah, for the live event. Yeah, I know it's it stunk. It didn't work out. Bit. I was telling you know I was telling my son. I don't know if I told you this story, but you know he was very excited that I was going to be staying home for his birthday this year, and he turned seven years old uh, the day before the Texans and Chiefs squared off. Yeah, he'll never remember that, by the way. But go ahead. Um, and I said, oh, you know, are you excited your dad's day? Oh yeah, I'm so happy you stayed home for my birthday. Well, I'm like, well, this is the last birthday I'll be around till you turn eleven. Because then, you know, I'll be out there, you know, for every single 
uh, live event yeah, going probably, forward. Probably. Um, until he's 11, then it will there'll be a little bit of a gap. And he was cool with that. So. Well, that's nice. Very it was, it was yeah. Like a leap trip that you stayed home. Kind of yeah. This was the first. I can't. It was probably a good almost a full decade that I had gone out there straight and uh, missed it this year. Uh, but I plan on being there next year. Very excited to do it. Uh, Kern Reeve wants to know in the chat room, Doug Moe, didn't he coach my Spurs at one point? Why, yes, indeed he did. I know he was um, uh, coach of the Spurs for a little bit. He was more known as a coach of the Nuggets. You know, he coached those Kiki Vandaway, Alex English teams that averaged like 180 points a game uh, back in the uh, 70s and 80s. That was sort of when he hit his stride. But I know he is in the, he's in some weird kind of city of San Antonio Hall of Fame. I remember reading a, um, a a news article down there, like they inducted him into that. That's funny, and and it was bizarre too because like maybe you'll get in the Appleton Hall of Fame. Yeah, I definitely day. will not. But um, Greta Van Susteren's not even in the Appleton Hall of Fame, so oh, okay. I don't think that's going to happen. Harry Houdini is not in the Appleton Hall of he's Fame. He's got his own museum for crying out loud, and he's not in the Hall of Fame. They don't have a Hall. Of Fame. It's a, it's a very stringent stringent uh, <laughs> level of of trying to get people. What about in. that uh, actor, oh, William Willem Willem Defoe hates Defoe. Appleton. Yeah, he a, will not be. He will not be in there. Well, he just doesn't like Appleton. I don't, well, I don't I like him. Well, that's fine. I don't think he cares. But um, <laughs> he's but, a very good actor, though. But it was weird with the story I was reading. They kind of like greeted him at his house, Doug Moe. Like they greeted him at his house, and like, "Hey, you're in the San Antonio Hall of Fame." And he's like, "Oh, yeah, this is uh, great, uh, unexpected, obviously, since you're at my doorstep." Also, your property taxes are past due. <laughs> I don't know if they said that. They might forgive you. Uh, on your property tax once you're in the San Antonio Hall of Fame. Thanks to football guys, Roto World, and Rob for tonight's rundown. The NFL Network's Ian Rappaport has reported Julio Jones is a game-time decision for his Week 3 game against Chicago. Now He's already in the playoff. He's in playoff mode. Julio Jones? Yeah. Not catching touchdowns and yeah, being hurt? Yeah, he's hurt yeah. yeah, playoff time. He had a setback with his hamstring uh, last week. He was limited in practice every day this week. Now, there is a chance he plays, Dave, but if he does, it will be less than 100%. The Falcons could do the smart thing and rest him. Uh, Jones had two catches last week while Calvin Ridley dominated targets and catches from Matt Ryan. Yeah, Ridley's crushing it. Ridley really is. Uh, Russell Gage is looking very good. So I guess this is a couple. Of, this is a two-part question here. Number one, if Julio Jones is active, do you play him as, like, say, a top-20 option? Well, no, I would, I would try and bench him if I could. All right, if you have Julio for like a Leonard Fournette even or somebody. Let's say you don't have uh, Ridley. Um, you have Julio Jones and Russell Gage. Do you sit an active Jones for Russell Gage? Ugh. I know, this is, but this is the things that we're going to be looking at. I do not. If he's active, I'm playing Jones over Gage. That's my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I just maybe read what, that, what, the, what the actual statement is. But I, unless they said that he's going to be super limited playing time-wise, I'd probably have to start Julio. Because it, it, it's a little tough to live with yourself starting Gage over Julio. Especially if Julio goes off. Yeah. It's a 1 p.m. kickoff at least. So that's good. Yeah, um, I'm guess, yeah. I mean, you'll find out. I'm guessing at, he's out. I'm, I feel, I feel you pretty, think he's going to be out? Yeah, I think he's going to be out. Let's assume he's out, Dave. How good of a start is Russell Gage this week? Does he enter the top 30 for receivers this week as far as starts go? Uh, you know, he might. He's, he gets close. Uh, you know, Hayden Hurst benefits, and then Ridley's gonna have a bunch of targets uh, as well. Although Ridley, you know, obviously Julio draws coverage away from Ridley. Uh, Ridley, or is it vice versa? Yeah, it could. You know, the thing that's so funny about Ridley is when I see stats scroll by on the ticker, and I'm not really watching the games, and I'll see like Ryan has a touchdown, and I'm waiting to see who the receiver is. It's almost always Ridley. I, I'm like usually like, oh, he's got like five touchdowns already, four I mean, touchdowns, he's, whatever. He's, yeah, he's been a touchdown maker ever ever time ever since he came in the NFL. Just not in the second half against the Cowboys last week. <laughs> Should have had him on the the uh, hands team, and uh, would have been a win for the Atlanta Falcons this past go. week. Um, yeah, I like Russell Gage this week. I might be forced to start him, Dave, because of some Cortland Sutton teams, because of some Devontae Adams teams, and because of some Michael Thomas teams. Um, I may not have a better option than Russell Gage this well, week. You know, he's a fine start in, that, in those situations. Yeah, and, and I mean, Cortland you know. Sutton, though. Too bad. Well, I mean, Sorry. it stinks. So, like, two of them were dynasty teams, and then I have one redraft team where I had Cortland Sutton, and he was my number three, so it, it it's yeah. not a huge hit, but it's a hit. No, you know, for sure it is. Number yeah. three receiver. It Absolutely. Um, so I, I, I like Russell Gage this week. I, I think he makes a lot of sense. Quite frankly, you should be rooting if you own Julio Jones and Russell Gage. You should be rooting for Jones to be inactive for this game so you can get some uh, lovely fantasy goodness from Russell Gage. Moving on, Jamison Crowder has been ruled out for the game against the Colts in week three. Brashad Perriman also ruled out. Chris Hogan, Braxton Berrios. Yeah, 
those two guys. They're the starting Jets receivers this week. Do they, do they both just play in the slot and no one goes outside? Yeah, that's, that's the way they that they're running. They, they yeah. just do it that way. So they, so they have two tight ends. They have two <laughs> slot players. And nobody outside. And, and, and it's, like high, it's like high school. Yeah. Where the where the corners come in by the de- right behind the defensive yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, they should they have to do that. They have no outside threats. I mean, Chris Hogan caught a few balls last week. So did Barrios. Chris Herndon might be a sneaky start this week. But Dave, you look at the Jets against the Colts. What Jets make good starts this week? None is an appropriate answer. Should you choose to go that so way? So true. So true. Is that what the way you're going? Yeah. Nobody. It should be rough. No Frank Gore. No Lamichael Perrine. No um, Chris. Chris Herndon to me, I think, is the closest one. Yeah, I mean, they they could just get totally destroyed. So, uh, yeah, you just got to... Uh, but wouldn't you like Herndon in that scenario? Sam Darnold throwing to Herndon? Yeah, I mean, it's unlikely to score a touchdown, but sure. Yeah. yeah, okay. All right, so Herndon maybe for a potential volume play, but you're not starting him as your starting tight end. You'd start him as a flex in tight end premium format. I would probably look for somewhere else, but if I had to, I would just he's an option. I, wonder what I would the, start him over Gronk, that's for sure. Mr. The guy who's a blocker. Yeah, so you saw what Gronk said, obviously. That was total tongue-in-cheek, right? He honestly doesn't believe that. He said, I signed in Tampa to become a blocking tight end. I'm surprised I've seen four targets so far. I mean, yeah, he probably didn't necessarily mean that, but I think the coach meant it. I mean, like, you know, this. I'm he, sure he meant it. Like, Arians doesn't throw to tight ends. I mean, and he know. said that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm looking for that total on that. By the way, your Brewers game, you know, yeah, Lewis is throwing a no hitter here. I, I've noticed that. But feel free to say that as much as you want. No hitter. <laughs> um, Jets at the Colts this week. Colts are 11 and a half point favorites, Dave. And the total's 44. Yeah. Wolf. Well, you know, there's, I mean, that's, they're still giving the Jets like 15 points. You know who you start in that format? Who, who, who's the game script in that game? Jonathan Taylor, baby. Yeah, Mr. League right. winner, according to Frank LaProd, who was on the show saying that early. Now, yeah, he didn't know about the Marlon Mack injury, but still, Jonathan Taylor looks, oh, he looks great. slated for a big workload in this game as well against that Jets defense. Moving on, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Zach Moss with a toe injury, has been ruled out for week three against the uh, Los Angeles Rams. This will be his first game that he has missed in his NFL career. Devin Singletary, Dave, fire him up. Now, he gave up 45% of the snaps in the past two weeks to Zach Moss. He should get a pretty heavy workload against the Rams defense that currently is allowing the 10th most rushing yards per game. You firing up Devin Singletary as a top 25 running back this week, knowing this? Oh Yeah, absolutely. I, I like him quite a bit, um, and I'm just looking at this right now. Um, I have one team. I was very disappointed. We, we won't talk about this to the rest of the night. James White has been ruled out. I don't know if you saw what happened to him, but thoughts and prayers go to him and his family. Some of the tragedy with his family. I don't know. I didn't hear Parents that. were in a car accident. His father died, oh, and geez. his mother is, I think, on life support right now in the hospital. That's terrible. So very, very sad news for James White, and he has been ruled out, did not practice at all this week. Uh, Singletary is interesting, and, and you know I'll be sticking him in as a as a second running back a lot. But yeah, fire him up in uh, in that game against the Rams this week. I, I think if you ever were going to start Singletary, um, you know what it reminds me of, Dave, is um, when you have. Did you ever see the movie Armageddon? Yeah, like twenty times, okay. which eighteen, like nineteen times too many. Okay, so this is perfect. Should have been once. So so um so do you remember the scene where? Ben Affleck's character is drilling a hole into the center of the asteroid. And Bruce Willis's character is saying, you got you to gotta stop, AJ. You're going you're gonna to go flying into outer space like what's-his-name did. And then Ben Affleck says, Harry, if you've ever trusted me once in your life, trust me now. I know this is Devin Singletary this week. <laughs> if you've ever trusted Devin Singletary once in your life, this is the week this to fire it, him up. Huh? This is the week to fire him All up. Right. So hopefully you fire him up this week and Devin Singletary goes off. Uh, one more thing I want to get to before we get over to Michael Thomas, who is leading the Football Guys Players Championship after two weeks of play. This was interesting last night. So I'm going to, before I say this, did you watch a game last night between the Dolphins and the Jags? Uh Uh, portions of it portions of it okay well you might have seen portions of the game where miles gaskin was playing for the dolphins in fact dave 75 percent of the offensive snaps that were done last night for this dolphins team miles gaskin was on the field for he had uh, a 60 percent range of snaps in the first two weeks um obviously did not get the goal line carries jordan howard got those and got a one yard touchdown because of it but gaskin 75% 75% of snaps, Jordan Howard, 7%. Matt Breida, 18%. Ouch. If you got Miles Gaskin off the waiver wire, you have to start looking at this guy uh, as, as a player that, that you can flex out. 
um, on certain weeks. Now, granted, the game script went very well for him last night. Nevertheless, he's a starting running back in the NFL. He's a starting running back in the NFL. And think about the, the, the passing downs that Miami had. It wasn't always Brita out there. In fact, Brita wasn't out there. We just saw 18% of the time. But you look at Gaskin, who was out there on plenty of passing downs and caught passes last night, caught like four or five passes. This is a guy you probably got off the waiver wire. Just wait and see what happens. Jordan Howard, Matt Breida, you pro- they're probably cuttable at this point, and Gaskin is a guy that, that can be flex-worthy now. I do agree with you. I do, you know, Waskai brought up James Robinson in the chat room, and, and I will say Oh, that, what a, he's, he's been awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing I'll say. The parts of the game I watch, I mean, like, you know, just whatever it was, some corner safety went up and blasted him, and he just, he just like, bounced off just and kept going. Like yep, no big deal. Exactly. Like, so that dude is a player. He's a, he is really kicking some ass. You know, the other thing, too, that, that makes me like James Robinson, well, two things. Uh, number one, if you looked at him, uh, you know, and we don't have the all, all 22 film, but I was watching him last night. He just seems to have, like, the vision that you're looking for, which you can't really coach. Right. He just seems to have that natural ability um, to, to find the creases, know where the holes are going to be, which was awesome. The other thing, you know, this is a guy who really didn't get a lot of pub in high school. He went to Illinois State, was undrafted. He works his tail off, you know, and he's going to continue. He knows that his leash is not long in this starting job. If he has a bad week, they'll kick it over to Chris Thompson. Reichwell Armstead, Divino Zigbo. These are guys that Jacksonville likes, and they will turn to them. They've got to get off the COVID list, or at least well, Armstead does. But that's the thing. But as long as Robinson is laser dialed in and yeah. has, he has the fear chasing him, yeah. There shouldn't be any reason he to let like up the off guy. the gas. Yeah, he looks like the guy for the rest of this. Yeah, season. I agree. I totally agree. And I uh, love watching him play last night. Hopefully, as an owner of him in three leagues, I hope we see much, much more of Are him going not, forward. You know, FSGA had their thing. Are you allowed to say owner anymore? Or what? Or is, what what's the uh, politically correct yeah, term Yeah. Um, roster someone? I don't know. Yeah, I forgot. I, I I'd have to look at it again. I know we we should be cognizant of that. And well, I know it's important to them because they you know they have these happy hours that they always talk about. Yeah. Apparently, you know, alcohol abuse is no big deal to them. But, um, but yeah, <laughs> well, you don't have to sure abuse th- alcohol during a happy yeah, hour. Make sure, though, that, you know, they, they can promote that. But, you know, don't worry about the, the other stuff. We will try and get better at that for sure uh, and do our best going I forward. I know you won't. Do you own Jane Robinson? Good. Yes, I utilize his stats. That's, that's what I do. Let's go to our guest tonight, ladies and gentlemen. He has been playing high-stakes fantasy football since the first WCOF event way back in 2002. Also right. has proudly drafted, Dave, in every FFPC live Friday night main event since its inception. That's awesome. Why is he first coming on now, Bob? Uh, because he's leading the Football Guys Players Championship. Oh, right. He's actually a veteran of that contest, as well as the $2,500 live auction in Vegas. Uh, leading first place uh, in the FPC this year after two weeks of play. Please welcome the number crunchers manager himself, Michael Thomas. Michael, welcome into the show, man. Hey, Eric. How are you doing? Hi, Dave. Hey, buddy. Doing good. How was Vegas for you this year? Um, well, Vegas seemed to be pretty good based on my teams, although uh, the <laughs> lockdown wasn't a lot of fun. And, Dave, next year you gotta you got to give us pockets if the – if the rooms are going to be that cold. Oh yeah. Is that right? Were they cold? Uh, that was when you went over to uh, the Flamingo, right? Oh yeah. I mean, the, the everybody was, was just, yeah, I didn't get was, over there that it, night. It was, I was too busy. I, I just I'm figured sorry. You, I was, you wanted the Wisconsin weather for us, California boys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You better man up over there. You Cali guys are a little soft. Well, no, it has nothing to do with that because, Dave, if you and I went down to Southern California, we could be wearing a t- I, I'll, I'm not speaking for you, but I'd be wearing a T-shirt and shorts in Southern California, and I'd be sweating buckets. You I would know, look the, like a lobster after about half an hour. I would, too. That's, I am not cut out for that weather. Michael, you certainly are not only cut out for that weather, but and you are. Tan. And, yeah, so you are cut out for leading the Football Guys Players Championship. We have so much to discuss with you tonight on these airwaves. Before we get to that, can you tell the listeners what you're doing for a living right now? I am a software developer. So um, I, just, I just write code and look at fantasy football. But before we go any farther, I just want to recognize that I have a partner, Daryl Bomber, who has been with me from yep. the beginning. And I just, you know, don't want anybody to think I'm doing this all by myself because I really ain't that smart. So him and I have been for the better part of 30 years, and 
the 20 years of doing high stakes have been partners and all of the teams are a collaboration between the two of us. I know I'm more the face. I do the drafting and the bidding and the auctions and so on, but uh, we work really hard together to do our ratings and put our, our stats together so that we have our game plan for every season. And I just wanted everybody to know and recognize him because as much as this is me, it's, it's, it's every bit as much him. Yeah. Shout out to Daryl for sure. And, and Michael, I think one of the things that, you know, this kind of begs the question 30 plus years with the same co-manager. I mean, that's rare, especially in the high stakes space. I'm just curious, like what, what makes you and Daryl work so well together um, when it comes to rankings, when it comes to drafting, setting lineups, placing waiver bids, how, how have you guys been so successful uh, as this same partnership has evolved over three plus decades? Um, I guess it comes down to not having an ego and just respecting each other's um, opinions, and also not getting not getting butt hurt when when you tell each other that your idea sucks. <laughs> and you're not going to draft that guy no matter what. <laughs> That's great. And, and, yeah. and believe me, every year there's about two or three guys that he loves, and I just go, no, no. Ask him about our set of white side last year. He wanted him on every team, and we had him on none. I was like, just, uh, just ain't happening, dude. <laughs> That's awesome. I love but, it. That's good stuff. His rookie year, we would not have had Alvin Kamara, and we had a huge year that year. We would not have had Alvin Kamara if he didn't push to Kamara on every team in, like, the 11th or 12th round. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, that's uh... – that that's a championship maker right there. Yeah. When you get when you get together. you had the yeah, similar experience with um oh no Deuce McAllister went way earlier when you guys had him way back in the day right that yeah, was like a second like or a, third pick second or third round I should say yeah even the 2002 WCOF, he was actually he actually went around picks 12 13 to 13 to like 17 18 yeah so yeah he was he was going early yeah. anyway um. We'll move on a little bit from that. Flash by the forward way, to current events here, yeah, Dave. By the way, it was really nice to chat with you and uh, Daryl at the uh, at the Paris at the little bar there for a little bit. That was uh, was great meeting you guys again. Uh, you know, it's good seeing you every year. Always just to chat. Um, well, and I didn't see the young so you know, jersey. Um, did you have that? <laughs> did he have that? I'm on? wearing. He did not. We didn't. He, we didn't do the jerseys this year because he couldn't be in the room. We didn't oh, have oh, our number right. yeah. on either. It's the first time. Oh, we we won't talk about all that. Then. <laughs> <laughs> but it worked out because they're leading the football guys players championship right now. Dude. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, anyway, so congratulations on that. And, so let's and talk about our that. main event teams in 26th place. Hey, now hey, look at that. Nice. A, you guys could be pulling in a milli this year. Oh man. Well, oh, that would be crazy. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, so your right. fourth round pick. <laughs> fourth round pick was Calvin Ridley. Uh, how much of a surprise has it been to see him dominate Julio so far, at least from a fantasy perspective through the first two weeks? Look, we knew we knew Ridley was going to be really good. Um, we stayed away from Julio for the same reason the last few years is that hamstring always comes up. The guy that's more surprising to me is uh, Russell Gage. Because we put him on the back end of some teams, and and he's been putting up some solid stats. He's probably been more affected by Julio than than Calvin Ridley is. Although, you know, Ridley's averaging 30 points a game. He's not going to put up 450 this year. We're getting some tens out of him. Hopefully not too soon, but you know it's going to happen. There's too many guys putting up way too many points. But Julio is going to be out again this week, and we're going to be playing Gage in some teams. Yeah, that was going to be my next question for for you about so so is the what's what do you do if Jones is active? Would you play him over Gage, or are you playing Gage regardless? I'm playing Gage regardless at, in some places that we need to. Um, we had uh, we had uh, DJ Chalk was out this week, so right now um, Gage is the guy in one place, and Nikhil Harry is the guy on another team. We're going to try and leverage both of them. Although Harry's, you know, could be out also. So that's a decision we'll have to make at game time. 
But uh, Gage has been putting put up over 15 points both games. Their defense is so terrible that, you know, that's all they <laughs> could do is throw. I mean, Hunt, yeah. look at what, no. what Hayden Hurst had last week. Gage had over, over 15. Um, Ridley, who we talked about at the beginning, he was over 30 points. I mean, that's like just those three guys were like 75 points. And, and too, I mean, like that's, I mean, not that you necessarily target players with bad defenses, but Atlanta certainly has nothing to write home about. And Matt Ryan has had that offense operating at peak efficiency in the regular season for several years now. It just makes sense that Ridley and Jones and Gage and Hurst and, and I guess not Todd Gurley, but everybody else has been really good in that offense uh, going forward. I do want to ask you, Michael, some adversity that hit your squad, this, this first place football guys team. You lose Cortland Sutton, your fifth round pick. For the season, I know you have Jarvis Landry on this team, and, and certainly he could pick up some of the slack. But as you look at the rest of your wide receiver core on this squad, who are you most hopeful of a breakout to sort of give you some relief uh, and some some points in Sutton's absence? Well, um, as previously mentioned, we got we got Russell Gage and Nikhil Harry on that team. We have Scotty Miller that we picked up, and I'm not ready to give up on him just yet. Uh, Brady likes to throw to the slot guy, and he doesn't seem to be throwing to the tight ends this year. So as the season goes on, and we also picked up Demarcus Robinson from Kansas City, who with with uh, the health of Sammy Watkins, uh, Robinson was targeted a couple of times in the first game for touchdowns. One of them was called back. So it means that Mahomes at least likes to throw to him. And then hopefully Landry will, will bounce back. He's, I know he's put up only seven points his first two games, but we started in both of those games and we're leading the, the whole. So hopefully as if Ridley's stats come down a little, we'll get a little uh, makeup on Landry. Landry's not going to yeah, do it's seven all points a game for the rest of the season. Most definitely he's not. I mean, it's all about regression in the mean, and Landry certainly has some positive regression in his future. You and I are of one mind on that. We're talking with Michael Thomas, the leader of the 2020 Football Guys Players Championship after two weeks of play. I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, your draft strategy here. Now, this is the second straight week, Michael, on this show. We have a guest who has drafted three straight tight ends, in the mid-rounds, instead of targeting the early studs, you know, oh, the Kittles, stupid. the Kelseys, the Ertzes, the Andrews of the world. Oh, how do they do it? Yeah, well, I'm just saying, I want to know from Michael, do you think this is just a coincidence, or do you think this is a strategy that is going to have some merit for high-stakes drafters uh, in, in the next few coming years? Um, it's a coincidence, because we are very first football <laughs> guys that we drafted. It, it is, because our very first football guys we drafted, we took took out of the 10th spot, Aaron Jones. And then we came back. We were going to to um, go after Josh Jacobs, but he had already gone. And sitting there was Travis Kelsey. So we took Travis Kelsey because there he should go. have gone yeah. in the first round, and he didn't. So then from there, that's when we picked up a couple of extra tight ends in that mid-round. But you have to go where the draft leads you. If you start thinking about taking – specific players at specific spots or needing to have specific players, then it always comes back to burn you because you always let a guy go by you that you should have drafted because you were so tunnel visioned into uh, certain players. We went after those tight ends because we liked the value in that area and the value at tight end. We took three running backs out of the boat. So we did not need to grab our third running back in that area. And the value at tight end was really good. And we liked the value of some of the receivers you could get later on in the draft, like the Russell Gages and the Keen Harrys. And so the tight ends is a spot where guys get hurt. We know that of those three guys, probably none of them is going to play all 16 games. So we're going to need every one of them either for bye weeks Right now we're playing Noah Fant in the in the flex along with uh, T.J. Hawkinson on that team. But at some point they're going to go on by. They're going to get dinged up because they play in line. They get beat up by those defensive ends and linebackers during running plays. 
Just to note, Noah Fant currently tight end number five, and Hawkinson tight end 10 through two games. Yeah, and I would say Hawkinson has been more of the volume aspect, too. Not that Fant hasn't, but if you look at Fant, if you, like, break down his games, Dave, he was utilized heavily uh, in, in the first half of, the, of week one, and then nothing in the second half, and then in week two, nothing in the first half, and then he crushed it in the second half. Well, luckily they play a whole they game. They play a whole game, and God forbid <laughs> yeah. they throw to Fant in both halves of any game because then he could really be a difference maker. He's gotten in the end zone both, both times. Hawkinson has been getting a lot of targets. Uh, we'll see how that changes with Kenny Galladay this week, uh, probably being active. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what's going to happen there. A lot of action out in the AFC West, including one new running back situation in Denver. Yeah, so you didn't know a fan, his teammate Melvin Gordon, is he's on your first-place football guy's team as well as your first-place 1250 auction squad. Uh, was he a priority for you this season, or did he just kind of fall to you on, you know, in, well, at least in one of those two? two or in teams? both. Well, well fall in an auction. But, but, well, I mean, you maybe you got a good bid on him. Did he I don't fall know. in the bidding? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Michael, how, how about that? I what have, about Melvin Gordon? I, I have six teams. Five of them are 2-0. and oh. They all have Melvin Gordon. The team that's 0-2 oh does not have Melvin Gordon. Interesting. Melvin Gordon in the auction, to start with, um, the numbers for running backs was insane. McCaffrey went for 71. Oh. Ezekiel Elliott went for 69. Two the same team. Whoa. <laughs> uh, what's yeah. that? Can you reveal Sa- the name? Wait, wait, wait. Saquon Barkley went for 65. There were at least four or five guys in the 50s, including um, Edwards Hilaire and, um, you know, Kamara yeah. and all of, all of the other first-round guys, right? We ended right. up with, with Jacobs who we, we really liked at 44. And then guys like Connor were going at 30 bucks apiece. And Austin Eckler, huh. we had them all rated around the same place. And we did Melvin Gordon. And we got Melvin Gordon for $17, which allowed us to wow. buy David Montgomery for like $8. Oh. Yeah, Montgomery and, and Gordon, both really good values because of the, you know. The, the injury. The injury well, the no, injury Montgomery. for Montgomery. Yeah, and then, yeah. They, they were falling in. Uh, you know, I know in the Kentucky draft, they both were falling. Well, and to me, like that, like right around where FFPC main events were in, and live events were happening, that was when sort of Philip, everybody's talking about Philip Lindsay. Right. Oh, this could be a timeshare. This, you know, well, and obviously Lindsay's injury helped. Well, myself included, actually. I, I've actually yeah, no, I, well, I mean, you know my proclivity in Philip Lindsay this offseason, Dave. I have him on way too many teams, and I'm counting on him way too much. It's really ridiculous. <laughs> it's like my kids counting on me as a father. They're going to be disappointed. That's a good point. Yeah, it's, it's really rough. <laughs> it's really, really rough. But, yeah, I mean, Melvin Gordon has certainly been working out for you, obviously. You know, five of your six teams, the, the, the ones that are 2-0 and oh, – they have Melvin Gordon on. I do want to talk, um, shift the, uh, the focus to receivers here, uh, specifically in the other conference. Now, Sterling Shepard was placed on IR. That has a different meaning this year because you only have to miss three games once you're placed on injured reserve. I'm just kind of curious, Michael, and I know you don't own Golden Tate anywhere, and maybe this answers the question for us, but with no Sterling Shepard, does Golden Tate become flex-worthy for high-stakes players who, who maybe want to start him given that the Giants and Daniel Jones should be playing catch-up against the Niners this week? I have zero shares of any Giant offensive player, and that was planned. I just don't I don't know what this <laughs> offense is. You have a head coach that came in from New England that played a certain style of offense, and then the offensive coordinator, um, I wasn't all that pleased with him in Dallas, so – I just completely stayed away from them. I think it's a risk. I mean, the, the one guy, you know, um, was it Slayton? It's probably the best, the best option on that whole team. Maybe Deion Lewis because, you know, coming from New England, maybe he knows uh, Joe Judge's offense a little better. Well, um, so, so, okay, uh, just to unpack this here, and, and Dave's going to ask you a question about the new running back um, with, with the Giants here here shortly. But did, Michael, did you? And we're talking Michael Thomas, the the leader in the Football Guys Players Championship right now. Ten thousand eight hundred teams, he's in first. 
Uh, Michael, if did you have any two picks this year? Um, and if you would have, would you have gone with like Elliott or Kamara over Barkley in the two spot? Oh, yes, absolutely. We had no desire to take Saquon, uh, to take Saquon Barkley. We were, we were either Elliott or Kamara. And, was, and now no that doubt. we know Barkley, yeah, and, and Barkley will miss the remainder of the season with an ACL injury, and it's going to be a, a piecemeal backfield, as the, well, not kids say, grandparents say, I guess, at this point. Um, and one of those pieces will be Devontae Freeman, who signed on Tuesday, Dave. Kind of interesting thing to unwrap here. Yeah, what do you think? So, you, you know, Freeman's going to come on. Deion Lewis is kind of the starter. Wayne Gallman's chilling out, doing whatever he's doing. Ron Dane is just a phone call away. He, yeah, he's, uh, he's working. Tiki Barber's <laughs> on speed dial. Tiki's Ron Dane. Say exactly. Tiki's an option. <laughs> I mean, he, 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 yeah. he, he could be an option. Um, so what do you think? I just think do you it's think so Freeman's going to be the guy in, in three years? Uh, three, three years. Three, three weeks? You know, Devonta Freeman? Or will it be Deion Lewis, the small guy? Can you can you the question is can you afford to stash him on your line on your roster for a couple of weeks to see what happens? Oh, with my I, crappy teams, absolutely. I, <laughs> <laughs> Remember, bye weeks are coming, and that's what's going to separate the men from the boys when when your big players start going on by, and you need to rely on your bench. Um, I, I just. It's just so muddled a situation. I really liked Daniel Jones last year. As a matter of fact, I put him on some teams when he got the starting spot, and he did really well. And I was kind of confused why they would have gotten rid of the head coach, you know, after the first year with a rookie quarterback who seemed to be improving. And then the first two games of this season, he doesn't look like the same player. You got a new offense, a new team, a new coach, and COVID without actual games. So I couldn't see any of these players. I have no idea what's in the coaches' minds as to who they really like. I mean, I, when I signed on, I heard you talking about the Jacksonville um, running back. They had a great, great game last night, and he's had two great weeks. But who could have predicted that? Not me. Nobody knew. <laughs> You never saw him. You don't know what he looked like. He was an undrafted free agent. I mean, who who knows? So what you're doing is you were guessing because you didn't even get to see. I mean, I didn't even know what the guy looked like till till that game last night. <laughs> I thought he was white. There was no preseason <laughs> games. I usually watch every preseason game. NFL Network. They play every preseason game during the week, and I would watch every single one of them to at least be familiar with the guys that could be, you know, the backups and stuff. But we didn't have well, Did you that do that while you, were, while you were coding? <laughs> yeah. And by I the way, I put see... the quote oh, up. You while can... you were quote, quoting, unquote. <laughs> you should, if you saw my setup, you would die. I have three, three screens uh, to code from, and I have a big screen above them that I have yeah. NFL Network or ESPN going on. That's awesome. I love it. That's why you're brilliant, Michael. It's why you're leading the Football Guys what? Players Championship. I can't multitask. Yeah, it took me 20 years to get to number one. I'm brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'll tell you this. Now that you are, everybody wants to pick your brain, and we do have a couple of emails that came in that I do want to read to you tonight. Dave, go let ahead. Me, let me just interrupt real yeah. quickly. Just – just to let you know, since you're in first place, yeah, um, the FFPC season actually. No, wait, but I was going to say it becomes official after six weeks. After but if, six, yeah. But if but if the NFL ends due to COVID, I don't think you actually get the whole first place. No, I think it's, it's, it's divvied up, up. It's divvied ah, up. Ah, forget it. Well, just stay in the top with 25 percent, right? Who? I don't. I didn't. Yeah, read, I, to, I, I, I read that. Check. I didn't read those. Well, I know you did it, but I, I anyway, did there's one. some emails or something. Go yes, ahead. let's get to some emails here. And this first one is from Nick in Minneapolis, and and Michael he writes. Um, Hi, Michael. Is Dalton Schultz the play over George Kittle this week? Well, I think that's obvious. Even if Kittle is actually yeah. won't be 100% until Nick Mullins throwing to him, what would you do? Congrats on the FPC. That is Nick in Minneapolis. So I guess let's rephrase this question now that uh, Kittle got announced this afternoon is out. Uh, if you have Jordan Reed and he's kept, you know, he caught two touchdowns last week, but Nick Mullins is throwing to him, you're playing Schultz over Reed, right? Um. 
If those are my choices, I actually am going to play Reed. Boom! I love it. Tell us why. Because I don't think McCarthy really throws two tight ends very much. We drafted tight ends in Green Bay for years because they were the next greatest thing, and they never really put up points. His offense is the outside guy (laughs) and the running back. And, and, and obviously, Reed in that Shanahan offense, well, the tight end in that Shanahan offense is huge. No Debo Samuel this week. Brandon Ayuk is still finding his way. Muhammad Sanu is still, you know, sort of trying to get acclimated to the field. So maybe Reed, Reed does make some sense. I don't think he sucks. Uh, and, he sucks. Well, and in addition to that, Reed played for Schottenheimer in Washington when he was the offensive coordinator there. So he knows and, and he knows the offense. And and consider this too. Michael already brought up the point about Mike McCarthy's offense not really targeting the tight ends. We're we're trying to you know, there seems to be one receiver in that Dallas trio that is hoping for table scraps to fall into his mouth uh each and every week between CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, and Amari Cooper. And and I think that that dog at the table that is just you know, whining and begging is Michael Gallup because C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper have been targeted a lot. Gallup, yeah, mm, the better not so much. They're getting targeted. You think? Oh yeah, I guess they are. The more talented. Second, yeah, the more talented. Gallup was a second round pick for what it's worth, but Cooper and Lamb obviously first, first round rounders. Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah, just so you that's know, that's how the Daryl loved Jarwin this year, and we did not draft him because of the Mike McCarthy being the coach. That's yeah, great. Makes sense. And now and now you avoided that landmine, that ACL guys landmine. in that area with Joe New Smith and TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fant and Chris Herndon, who seems to be a boss. But uh, Duran was in that group we had, and we just kind of passed on him because of the Mike McCarthy um, issue with, with just him not – he just doesn't throw the tight ends that much. If you can name one tight end that had a great season with him when he was at Green Bay – uh, I'd love to hear it because I I don't remember. Not a great team. Yeah, and, 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 well, I mean, the two that come to mind, I think Bubba Franks was there right before he left, and Franks was just a tight uh, okay. touchdown guy. Yeah, that, okay. That's why he went to the Pro Bowl. He caught, like, you know, double-digit touchdowns. He wasn't that great as far as targets go. Uh, that was, was No, that was pre, uh, pre-McCarthy. The only other one was Jermichael Finley, and granted, he had flashes, um, but then that neck injury happened. He was never the same, and then – the pe- you know, and, you know, Mia culpa here. I love Jay Sternberger this year. He He's been a train wreck, and it's not, I know it's not Mike McCarthy's offense anymore. I drafted and, him and it's everywhere. Matt Lafleur's. Uh, what happened, Michael? Everywhere. I dropped him. I think it's Scotty Miller now. Yeah, I that's took a probably shot a safer bet. He was like my fourth or fifth tight end on every team. I said, let's see what happens the first two weeks. <laughs> You don't know what these guys did. because you didn't get to see them. So you can yeah. only go with the reports of what people tell you. I had the NFL Network on all the time, and they're showing Tom Brady in shorts going back to pass and throwing the ball. What a beautiful spiral, but you don't know what that means. You don't know if he threw it to the right guy, if the guy was in the right space. You don't know anything about it because you don't see them in pads. And so we took a shot on him with usually our 20th pick. And after the first week when he, I think he got zero targets, we decided to move on. Yeah, I Gaffin dumped him as in well. A couple of places. We put, um, we went after Scotty Miller where we could. I even took Corey Clement just in case the <laughs> um, Boston Scott and, and San, Miles, Miles Sanders, Sanders um, injuries were were worse than we thought. Um, Michael, tremendous talking to you tonight. This has been so much fun uh, picking the brain of the FPC leader after two weeks. Dave has one final question he wants to ask you before we let you enjoy your weekend. Michael, thanks so much. Uh, I wish Daryl was on. We should have gotten Daryl too. Well. That was my. Oh, we'll get so Daryl soon. We'll get, get Daryl soon. Yeah, my problem. When you win them big money, we'll get Daryl on the. Brain, Maybe even before. Brains the operation. Yeah. Uh, he's so my, the he's my accountant up. too. He'll be counting it. Ah uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Go managing fantasy football teams that your accountant. Nice. Wise or sm- or not wise move. 
we'll find out. We'll see if, yeah, if he's if he's an honest <laughs> yeah. one, it's good. So give us a player that will be a bust in FFPC starting lineups this week and also a sleeper that you should try to flex out if you can. Okay. Um, <laughs> Time to get serious. Boy, you, you, I, I think – I actually think Jarvis Landry's a sleeper this week. There you go. I think he's. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna come out and and put up some numbers against Washington. I I really um, I really like him a lot. Um, for a bust, I think it might be Josh Allen. Ooh, Josh Allen against the Rams. I, I think. I think maybe. So we've they played you know, two teams without a pass rush yet. And and the Rams defense is, is looking pretty good. Plus you got Ramsey at shut down corner. So um you know maybe maybe his thirty five point a week uh average goes down this week. All right. Yeah. No, I mean it makes sense. I, I, I know a lot of pundits but uh, <laughs> 'cause I'm I have a lot of them and I'm still playing them. But yeah, no, I am too. The thing, the thing with Allen is too is like you know he's coming off such a big week. So how much are we overrating week two when we're you know ranking him here for week three against the Rams? Maybe I don't know. Probably a little bit, but is it enough to sit him? I don't know. But certainly, as the Football Guys Players Championship leader just told you right here on these airways, it's enough to make you think twice before clicking submit on that lineup with Josh Allen as your quarterback. Michael, thank you so much. Congratulations. I know it's only two weeks in, but congratulations on leading the FPC. Uh, a tremendous accomplishment. You're already and also a, getting on this show. And getting on this show. Congratulations. Uh, yes, thank you. So, oh, my goodness. It, you know, that's really <laughs> big. Do I get a parting gift? Because, you yeah. know, Dave, you, you, get, you, you know what a... I'm wearing right now is the FFPC <laughs> T-shirt you gave me in 2008, year one. Really? I didn't even charge you? And I, what, was Alex looking the other direction? <laughs> well, no. Ah. What happened was oh. you texted me. You emailed me asking me if I'd like to join and have a team. But Daryl and I had already had a team. But you said, hey, why don't you oh. just get a team? I'll give you a free T-shirt. So I said, okay, I'll take the free ah. T-shirt. Ah, God, I'm so stupid. What's going to bankrupt this company? But you know what's know. great about it? I gave you the free T-shirt, and you're still playing with us. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Woo! That's but what it's what? all about customer. After all yeah. many years of you beating me in those auctions, I figured I deserved at least a free T-shirt. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, certainly. No, yes, he did. Absolutely. <laughs> Michael Thomas, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much, you Michael. Uh, for coming on, uh, good luck the rest of the way for all the number crunchers teams uh, this year, and hopefully we'll talk to you again soon, man. And, and I'll see you in Vegas next year, man, for sure. As usual, we'll be there. All right. See you next year, buddy. Good stuff. Thank you, Michael. Thanks. I have a sleep. I have a sleeper this week, Balky. Michael Thomas, ladies and gentlemen, football guys, players championship leader after two weeks. All right, Dave, go ahead with your sleeper. Devin Andy Singletary. Isabella. Andy Isabella. Yeah, you know who my bust is this week. Hakeem Butler. That's right. He's on the practice squad. <laughs> All right, I'll squad. let you have your moment here. Is he really on the practice squad? Yes. For the Carolina Panthers, he's on the practice oh, squad, God. which means he got cut by the Cardinals. This was the number one wide receiver for some pundits last year. Yep. Uh, total colossal bust, IR'd. Uh, so as bad as Isabella may have looked, he's going to be starting this week because Christian Kirk is out. He's out, yeah. He's gonna be, he might be Fitz, starting in two or three three wide receiver sets. Fitz would start over Isabella, wouldn't he? Yeah, so Isabella would be in the slot. Yeah. Well, no, Fitz would be in the slot. Well, whatever. Isabella's yeah. around there. Somewhere. I guess so Isabella would be out there. Regardless. Yeah. He's going to be actually in these – he's not going to play 14% of the snaps for once. Hopefully he catches with his hands instead of always body catching, and, uh, and he does well. I'm going to let the internet sleuths uh, <laughs> get to this before uh, we move on to our next segment. I believe – and I could be wrong, Dave. College teammates at Iowa State, Hakeem Butler and Alan Lazard. Well, yeah. Who is the starting receiver, could be the number one receiver. He was about a year ahead of him? For, I don't know, for the Packers this year. Were they ever re- uh, teammates with uh, David Johnson? I would have, no, David Johnson went to Northern Iowa. He didn't go to Iowa State. Uh, boy, do I feel stupid. Well, I mean, somewhere in the Corn Belt, as it were. <laughs> Um, I really no, I think that Butler was drafted and Lazard was undrafted last year. 
I thought Lazard was out maybe a year earlier, but I might be mistaken. I don't. Well, maybe you're right. I don't know. Regardless, all, all I know is they're about the same pedigree right now, and Lazard, Lazard is, is going to be the number one receiver on Sunday night. Hakeem Butler is going to be pounding some Cheetos on his couch on Next, Sunday night. Next, AJ football. Green per uh, Greg Cosell, uh, Hakeem Butler, amongst others. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> all right, so I promised I teased uh, a, a big announcement here at the top of the show, and far be it for me to uh, offer an empty tease to our listeners. I am going to give Dave Gerzak the dizzle, the patron saint of fantasy football. I don't football, have a speech written before. You don't have to. Oh. People just want to know what the announcement is. So right. you can go ahead and give the announcement right here. Uh, Balky, it's been great being on the show for year after year after year after year. Coming up on 10 years. But tonight is actually my last official show what? as co-host. Unbelievable. You're well aware of it. You, I know. I'm just trying to, <laughs> to act surprised for, for the listeners. So we do, have a, we do have a new and improved co-host coming in. <laughs> yes. I feel like, do you want to introduce him he's now? Got, I mean, he's got a little bit of an accent, but for God's sake, <laughs> we're from Wisconsin, so we have a lot of an accent. We're even worse. So, Dave Gerzak leaving the HSFF Hour as permanent co-host tonight. Want to introduce, I'm a dynasty commissioner, but I'm not the commissioner. You're not the commissioner. We want to introduce the commissioner, the new permanent co-host for the HSFF Hour, the commissioner himself from the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. Welcome in, Farrell Elliott. Farrell, welcome in tonight, man. Oh, gentlemen, I'm glad to join you, and I'm glad to see you having such a great time tonight. You guys sound great. Isn't Farrell's voice so much sexier than mine? It's so much better. Drips of sweet molasses. Uh, so, Love it. The show's going to get so much better. The uh, ratings are going to skyrocket. Yeah, it's from it's, point one to point one two. Which, which would be an all-time high <laughs> for, for us, no question. Uh, yeah, so do you want to do so? So we'll, we're going to talk to Farrell here tonight and, and, and you know, talk about the, the new era of the HSFF hour. But, Dave, do you want to talk a little bit about, like, sort of what went into this and why you decided that, that tonight yeah, my, or my, this episode or now is the right time to, to leave the HSFF hour? Yeah, my wife said if, if we can't go out for dinner on Friday night, she's going to divorce me. So I said, all right, you know what? This is a huge <laughs> deal, ladies and gentlemen. Give me another year. I'll do it for another year and then finally, do, you know, Call the attorney, but don't actually file the suit, and eventually I'll, I'll get it done. Right, exactly. Well, actually, you know, I, I, I feel like we've done it a long time, and it's great. And we I, have, yeah. Balky, it's been awesome working with you, and you, you've saved me so many times, uh, just leading into whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, Dave's got a question about uh, Andy Isabella. Right, so, yeah. Uh, here we go. Um, but, 474 you know, episodes, my friend. Yeah, which I've been on, like, 200 of them. 250. Yeah. 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 But, you know, I think it's, it's time for some new blood, and uh, I think and Farrell was willing to do it. So I think it was a good time to, to move on as the season kind of progresses here as we got through the preseason. Yeah. So. And one of the, Farrell, one of the aspects that, that you will add to the show that we've never had before is somebody who actually is a player in, in the FFPC format. You oh. know, Dave and I offer our advice, but we're, we're just sort of bystanders. You've been at this, for, you know, since the get go, right? Yeah, since year one, and 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 we, you know, I'm very humbled to be requested to uh, to come and join you, Balky, and and I will carry one thing forward, and it's my, it's it's your co-host, true love of Andy Isabel. You know, I, I'll take that with me into <laughs> yeah. into future shows. You know, this is this is like a George Selkirk moment for me. Have you guys ever heard of George? I'm not familiar. <laughs> nope. Apparently not. He was the he was the guy that the Yankees trotted out into right field after they had sent Babe Ruth packing. Babe went on back to Boston to play his final year. And George Selkirk was a wonderful, wonderful player. But they would always say after they talked about how good he was, they would say one thing: he's no Babe Ruth. And that's not the Babe same Ruth, thing they'll yeah. say about me. You know, that's you can you can definitely say that. Well, give me a break. <laughs> He's no dizzle, but he is the commit. I feel like I'm actually the guy who preceded Lou Gehrig. It's more like Wally. Yeah, Pitt. there you go. Yeah, I'm the Wally. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Wally, I'm the Wally. Pipp so Farrell's Wally pipping you essentially. Yeah, you're the Lou Gehrig. I'm Wally. Pipp. Yeah. Well, one can one can only hope that that is tremendous stuff. So so going forward, basically the plan is this: uh, Dave is not necessarily divorcing the show or washing his hands completely yeah, I'm not of it. pissed off or anything. Dave will continue to make guest appearances here and there, you know, not, you know, as frequently as he has been co-hosting. Farrell will be when much I, more When frequent. my wife and I get in a fight, I'll be like, hey, yeah, there you go. So, so Dave will come on and, yeah. and but, but going forward, the show will still, it'll be wherever you still listen to it. Um, it, it will be in it, you know, this, the exact same thing. 
still at 10, 9 central every Friday, except for when we switch it. Um, but instead of Dave, it will be Farrell uh, coming on this week. And, uh, and, and Farrell, and I do, you know, Dave and you, I know, talked a lot about this. And, and, and I feel like you were sort of the natural choice here because I've always, you know, the last few years when we've had you on, I've always introduced you as the unofficial third co-host of the show because I think you have co-hosted the show more than anybody else not named Dizzle. So this just made sense mm-hmm. that you would come on and, and hang out with me on Fridays. I'm a well-known party crasher from way back. So, yeah. That was- <laughs> <laughs> see, see, you're entertaining. You know, you know, mostly, you know, at least you don't, you're good. At least, you know, some of these other guys kind of suck. So you're good. So that's good. That's what we need. We, we need somebody to, to raise the bar because I will be lowering it each and every week as I do on this show. So, Dave, a couple minutes left here be, before we sign off. Do you have any parting words for the listeners, any of the FFPC players and the high-stakes players that have listened to this show? Again, you know, I don't want to overrate this, but we're coming up on 10 years. We're coming up on 500 episodes of That's you being on this. So, so this has been a regular part of, of these people's lives for, for the last decade. Well, you know, honestly, it's interesting. Tonight uh, in our chat room, two Packer Aces Rebels, Bourbon City Ballers, and Wasp Guy are amongst our most frequent listeners. Yes. So I really appreciate all of you that have listened live for so many years. And, I mean, I think we've all endured the hell that is blogtalkradio.com. For the love of God, it is the worst <laughs> platform in the history of the planet. So freaking awful. Anyway, um, but I like, like that. Oh, your, that's your first parting shot. I, yeah, BTR, you suck. You now, suck as far as the people who are fans of us. I mean, I really, I'll, I'll miss everybody. Um, you know, ha, Javier from Terre Haute, I'll miss you. Yeah. Oh, God, this is oh, going to break yeah. him up. All the, all, the, all the questions, you know, mostly real, occasionally <laughs> fake. Hey, Starsky and Hutch. I, I don't or, know what you're or, talking or about. Or whatever. What about for Bryce and Rob? Any Bryce, for them? Um, I, you know, you're not my best friend, so what do I care about you? <laughs> and Rob's always, you know, Rob's drunk all the time, so right. whatever. You know, Bob and Bryce are great. Love them. And, uh, you know, it's been great. It's actually been really fun. I've really enjoyed it. And I, I will, I'm sure I will miss it uh, to, to some extent. Well, I, and I'll say this too, like, you know, and, and I don't, the reason, you know, I could have, we, we could have put together, Farrell and I could have put together a, like a big send off for you tonight. And I know yeah, you I expected a professional, like, no, no, here, to announce but here's the thing, you, but, but I know you, and I know you wouldn't have wanted that. So I, I, I felt like we should just put, you know, just a classy send-off together. And I'll say this about Dave Gerzak. The birth of this show was in um, 2009, I believe. Um, maybe 2010. I can't. I know it was 2009. I think it was April 2009. Whatever. And it was something that Dave and I had talked about um, in passing. And um, I, I think it was like Wednesday uh, in April, uh, early April of 2009. I'm sure we were in some some crappy bar no 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 we oh. were at work we were oh, at wow. we're at we're at our normal day job oh, and you said and you had said to me hey we're doing a show this friday and i'm like for for listeners and you said yes <laughs> we i had just secured a facebook page i had just which by I the way secured i well, Harold, you know what it took to secure well, that? well here's the thing you know what's funny about that is like work. four years ago our facebook page got um uh banned for oh, hate right. speech so I had to start it over, and, and we, had, we had a new Facebook page. That's because someone said owner about a player. But, but I secured – yeah, probably. So, but I secured a Twitter account, um, and we, we put a, a cursory email out to the FFPC players and said, hey, you know, if you want an FFPC high-stakes podcast, um, we're, we're going to put one together here. And, um, and it happened that night. You know, and I, rem- I still remember doing the show with the, the stick mic. Remember that awful skinny stick mic that we had? No, no but uh, I remember it from, from the game show network. Yeah, that, I mean, it was like a Bob Barker <laughs> stick mic that we were using. The audio was, was, you know, say what you will about the audio now. The audio then was downright awful. It was, it was terrible. Probably about the same. We had uh, our first guest ever was David Hubbard, who is one of the most accomplished players out there now. Yeah, he sucks. And, and he does not suck. And we brought him on <laughs> uh, for that very first show. And, and, it, and it's taken off from there. And so, and at least one thing I will say, we all lasted. Scott Atkins in Red versus Blue. So yeah, well, suck it, Scott. Yeah, I'm not going to ah, say that. Ah, but just kidding. Scott and I are buddies. Yeah, Scott's cool, and and he was the the first high stakes podcast. Yeah, they were out, out there, there before us. In and, fact, and I'll say this too, like you know, we, you know, he was sort of the reason we did our show at ten nine Central every Friday. With, the, they, they were on nine eight Central. Yeah, that's right. So they would come on, and and we would sort of dovetail, you know, get that audience on onto our show. Oh, so embarrassing! Shout out to Scott for for that one, and Mike Trent, by the way, too, who who co-hosted oh, that show. Mike was great. 
Um, but you have been, you have built, helped build this show up uh, for 10 plus years, almost 500 episodes. So we, we still get so many compliments on it, how many people listen. And, uh, and I, and I want to thank you. And also I should say, I should thank also the downloaders. Like the, and the downloaders. Yeah. yeah. There's mm. a lot of Maselli and all the other people and so forth. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Rocky. Well, no, I just wanted to thank you uh, truly for, for making this because you and Alex were the guys who made this show happen. I, I was just been the mouthpiece for, for a decade and it's a, it's a, <laughs> oh, that's it? it's a position I've enjoyed and, and I look forward to enjoying <laughs> it further with, with Farrell. Um, but, but thank you so much for, for, for being on this show, for making it what it is and uh, Godspeed in the future. And hopefully we'll get you on more often than not. Go ahead. Thank you very much. Uh, Farrell, just to give you a piece of advice for working with Balky. Yeah. <laughs> he'll ask you a bunch of questions and then he'll ask for your position on it. And then he won't, then he'll go back and forth on his position. <laughs> Make him take a position yeah. and not just give you the BS. Oh, you know, I can see this or that happening. Yes. Make him say what he thinks. Farrell, you, you are one of the nicest guys in the business. Are you going to be able to put the screws into me when, when, it, when it needs to happen? Balky, I've been looking over your teams in Kentucky this year, and uh, you're certainly not screw-proof, sir. You, uh, you've, got, you've got some things going on here that we can talk about. So we'll, we'll, have, we'll be able to let the listeners know how you're doing down here, and they'll get a kick out of that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, no, I'm sure they will. But, and, and they may never listen to the show again after that. Uh, no question. <laughs> Farrell, listen, thank you so much for popping on tonight. We, we did the unofficial changing of the guard, and I will talk to you uh, right away, 10-9 Central, next Friday, man. I'll see you next Friday. Hey, thank you for everything you've done for fantasy football. You truly are the patron saint, sir. Thanks, for, thanks Farrell. Appreciate thank you, Farrell. We'll talk to you next week, buddy. Have a great weekend. Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, at KFFSC on Twitter. He is the commissioner of the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, and he is the new, well, you can't be the new Dizzle. Dizzle will never be replaced, but he is the new co-host of the HSFF Hour as of tomorrow, uh, a moniker that Dave has worn uh, over the last 10 years and, and really a tremendous job by him. You will be missed, my friend, but uh, we, we will have you on from time to time just to get your take, sort of ground us, right? You know, just, just sort of keep what? us from floating away. Farrell and I love every player. This is, this is, the, this is the problem we're going to run into. Oh, yeah. It's oh, hard for me to, yeah, it's hard for me to say that about players. I know it's hard for Farrell to say that. If you need to, to come on players. and ground you, let me know. All right. Sounds great. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. I'm not really usually doing anything. That way, yes, well, you, you know the phone number, 347-GAME-OVER. You can always call in. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for this landmark episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. I want to thank Michael Thomas, the 2020 FPC Week 2 leader, our new co-host, the commish, Farrell Elliott. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at KFFSC, uh, the FFPC, Rob Rice, and, of course, each and every one of you. We'll be back next Friday, 10, 9 Central, with new co-host Farrell Elliott and myself, plus an exciting Dynasty Fantasy Football announcement from longtime player Nelson Verbit. If you saw the FFPC's Twitter feed today, you saw what uh, the partnership is with the Dynasty Depot, Dave. Yeah, I'm really excited to work with Dynasty Depot. Nelson and his, uh, his guys are going to do something insane. They're going to they're change the Dynasty. Uh, I feel like they're going to change the Dynasty landscape altogether. Is this a paradigm shift, Dave? Can we go that far? Uh, yes, exactly. It's a paradigm shift, ladies and gentlemen. Sure. Don't miss it. He will be kicking off next Friday's show at 10-9 Central. That's not all. You thought me, Farrell, and Nelson was enough? No, that's not enough. Week two, main event, second-place team owners Ryan Barker and Adam Cassinelli will also be on the show next week, too, as well. So we'll have a new co-host and three guests. What better way to usher in the new era of the high-stakes fantasy football hour? Good luck in week three to everybody out there. And once again, a wholehearted and a big thank you for a decade plus of fine yeoman, tremendous work, really, not even yeoman's work, tremendous work from the Dizzle Dave Gerzak. He is the patron saint of fantasy football. He always will be. Ladies and gentlemen, your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. I'm saying hi to all the duties from around the way. Yeah, because I got all of them strong jack. My girls are like boomerangs. No matter how far I throw them, they come back. I'm coming straight out to NYC. I'm down with digging in the crates, and I'm in VP. This rap was the game. I'll be in VP. The most valuable is going on the MIC. Hey, yo, this rap was
So you mentioned this too when you're listening to this. I have to change the outro. Not only have to change the outro, I have to change the intro. What is that? That was that one dude who did that like ten years ago. Is he dead? I reached out to him. <laughs> What's his name? His name is, for all intents and purposes, Rob. <laughs> you don't even remember. I, I remember know his name. name. I reached out to him. His name is Spencer. Okay. I went to college with him, yeah. and everybody I worked with in radio um, wanted him to do their voiceovers for everything. That has not changed. And so I reached out to him he's this week. He's a professional week. voiceover he's a professional, guy? He's, well, he does voiceover stuff, but he actually is a – he's more of a, a pr- professional radio guy okay. in southwestern Wisconsin. Um, and uh, I reached out to him this week, and I said, hey, what? Southwestern Wisconsin. What is, there's, a, is there like a town? Yeah, there's not, there's there's not, there's not there's much in, there. In Platteville? Yes. It's exactly where. <laughs> That's like exactly where. Really, town in Southwest Wisconsin. His, his dad is a big wig down there. He he continued well, on. I mean, when you have a city of eleven thousand, it's not that big of a right. wig. So he um so he works down there. Like six and three quarters. And right. I think he does some work in Iowa too, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Dubuque, I, probably right at the border. I, I don't know. Um, but I reach out to him and said, "Hey, man, um, I'm you sure remember you're not the, making Jack crap in Southwest Wisconsin? Yeah, well, he may not be. Anyway. But I I said to him like, "Hey, do you remember this show you did this stuff for me uh for ten years ago?" And he's like, "Oh yeah." I'm like, well, I'm getting a new co-host. Uh, could you could you change this change this up? He's like, oh yeah, no problem. So I I and he's e- like, you're still past due on the invoice. No, nah, no, 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 no. Anyway, I, go ahead. I, so I emailed him the script and I said, hey, can you read this? Yeah, no problem. And so um, uh, he's like, yeah, I'll get this done for you. So we should have that for next week for Farrell. And Meanwhile, uh, you do voiceovers for the Appleton. Yeah, but stuff. but the thing, but the thing, like you, from a radio perspective, you always you want a different voice. Want a different voice right, is right. is how it is. You I know, could have done it. That I may I <laughs> missed the vote on that. That would have been. And now because nobody else is available, Farrell Elliott. At least you dickheads. Screw you guys. I'm out. Um, but so so he's doing that, and um, I've always you know as far as the intro and the outro music, I've always we've always had a tinge of of us you know, represented in, in that, in those song choices. And so now going forward, I'm going to try to represent me and Farrell in those song uh, choices as well. Maybe Sounds more good. so me than Farrell. I'm Farrell, sure Farrell's Farrell a fan. Like, he's a fan of everything. That's the problem. He's going to have one of his local artists play. I, I could be down for that. Maybe. I mean, who I'm, yeah, I have a lot, like a lot of the, well, the other thing too, that people don't realize not only is Farrell the commissioner of the Kentucky fantasy football state championship, he is an NFL agent. He is he a talent. In. He's dialed a, in. he's a talent agent yeah. as well. Represents a lot of bands. And I've seen some of his bands perform live and they're tremendous. And I've downloaded a lot of their music. Yeah, so quite good. We might, we might go that route. Rock too. instead of rap. More rock. Yeah. yeah so, so that could happen, but we'll have new theme music next week. We'll have a new co-host next week. We'll have a new script next That's week. That's great. Well. Yeah, I'm, you know, this is a, this will freshen it up. It was, you know, I I think it was like getting I, stale. Yeah, I feel like it's a, you know, it's a, it's a house with, you know, granite and it, a house that, you know, it's got the tan colors and it needs, to, you know, the more the beachy look a little bit. Yeah, more be, beige instead of tan. Yeah, yeah, you got to get the quartz going a little bit. You know, oh, you the quartz. You got yeah. to update the, you got to update yeah. a little bit. So yeah, you update this house here. We'll get the keystone in. Yeah, could do the Keystone. Yeah, get rid of me. All right, so I can tell you, I, I don't know your next appearance on the show for sure, but I can tell you this. We just did episode 474. Episode 500, you got to come on. All right, I'll come on. So that, that'll be 26 episodes from now. I'm assuming that'll be somewhere in, like, uh, you know, Dynasty rookie season. I'm sure I'll be available. Yeah, and, and we'll have you on. We'll have, we'll have, we'll have a whole get-together on. It'll yeah, be great. Make it 90 minutes or whatever. Well, we'll make it 90. We might make it two hours. You know, a lot of people want to come on. As long as I'm on for 10 minutes only. Talk to the district. All right, final words from you, Dave. I'll let you sign off tonight. Uh, You know, thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, good night. That's it.